0: hey there everybody welcome to up all night and are you afraid of the dark podcast my name is cortland and with me today is just brandon how you doing brandon
1: the last just brandon of the show well i'll never just yeah. be myself again
0: no not from here on out no way jose good riddance
1: i'm doing okay <laughs> cortland
0: that's great i'm glad to hear it are you ready for season fucking seven
1: i am ready i'm excited.
0: I'm really glad to hear that, Brandon, because we are diving into season seven starting today, and it's gonna be a nonstop roller coaster ride all the way to the end.
1: Oh yeah. I bet they're pulling all the stops for this season.
0: This is gonna be the most fucking technologically sound season with the
1: biggest yeah. boom in special effects. The bats are gonna look so fucking good. Nah, I think we both know that's not gonna be happening, so No. We're gonna get cartoon cutouts. Yeah, exactly.
0: Before we dive into this episode that we watched, how you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good. New season, a new Brandon.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. As always,
0: a new me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you shed your skin every thirteen weeks and you're like mm-hmm.
1: I've molted blossoming and Brandon. Got rid of that disgusting season six shell. I outgrew it. Everybody. And I'm everybody coming hated out a it. beautiful season seven locust. <laughs> so did you do anything fun this week? Um no, oh my God, me neither. I'm a new Brandon. I haven't had time to have fun experiences yet.
0: Yeah, you haven't experienced life in the in the slightest yet. It was just the well, okay, so it was just Thanksgiving for me. I know that uh, outside the United States, you know, it's not. But did mm-hmm. you guys celebrate a little bit of Thanksgiving?
1: I mean, we celebrate every year. <laughs> That's good. It's just, really we celebrated it's just an the last to make food. seven Thanksgivings here in Australia, and it's just us. You know, yeah. my wife and kids and stuff. But, yeah, it's just an excuse to have a lot of awesome food.
0: I mean, that's kind of what it is anyway.
1: No offense to America or whatever. Um, Excuse me. You have to ponder what you're thankful for.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Take a moment of silence.
0: <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to do that. But did you have anything weird to eat? I just want to know. I love it when we talk about food. I don't think you did, <sighs> did you?
1: No. That's everybody's, like, first question is... Oh, did you have kangaroo kebabs? No. Yeah. Or turkey and mashed potatoes.
0: Yeah, but did you have any like Vegemite rolls or? No, <laughs> I had rolls. All right, fine. You're. <laughs> I needed you to make
1: that food you ate just a little more interesting. All right, I can I can redo that. No, Scrub no, this it's fine. whole conversation. Oh, we had shrimp on the Barbie and. Classic, Crocodile yes. croquettes, and <laughs> we had wombat stew. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the traditional Australian Thanksgiving Ah, uh, yes, delights. the traditional <laughs> Australian-American yes, Thanksgiving. The convicts yes. and the Native Australians <laughs> met together, killed each other.
0: Uh, I mean, come on, I read that storybook when I was a kid. I know, I get it. So um, I I would tell you what I made, but you can see it all. Well, you can't now. <laughs> I posted it all on the Instagram story, and I know you. I seen saw it. So.
1: It looked great. For those who haven't seen it,
0: you're missing out. Well, they definitely are because it's totally gone now. But yeah, I took my turkey and I fucking smashed it, and I spread some stuffing in it, and I rolled it up,
1: and it was fancy. as all hell. See, I've never smashed meat before. Oh, dude, it's great. Just try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems like so much more fancy than I am when it comes to cooking food. Yeah. What does it do? Tenderizes uh, it, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I did it so that it was thinner, so that I could roll it easier, and it would cook faster, I guess. Okay. And my turkey ended up being a little bit dry, so I guess mission accomplished oh, on
1: disgusting. my end. disgusting. Oh, whatever.
0: You had wombat burgers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was Thanksgiving, it was great. Next up is, uh, you know, some... Christmas, and then it's my birthday.
1: Mm hmm. Exciting times ahead. Are
0: you ready to get into this episode, though? Yeah, I think we have okay. to. Brandon and I just got done watching The Tale of the Lunar
1: Locusts. What did you think of this episode, Brandon? Well, I actually have pretty similar thoughts on this episode as I had on the season six opening episode, The Tale of the Forever Game. Okay. In that, I thought it was pretty stupid in a oh lot God. of ways. <laughs> yeah. But I really enjoyed it anyway.
0: That's surprising to me a little bit. Right. Really? I think this I'm not I think that this episode is um, probably like a fan least favorite, I want to say. I just get that vibe from it. Like I get the idea that
1: everybody hates this episode. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw this phrase out there and yeah. it will help you to understand. Okay. Teenage drama. Oh no. You liked Julie, didn't you? (laughs) I would, uh, like, yes, but also, no.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, I'm gonna say I didn't hate this episode. It's definitely not one of my favorites, and it is incredibly stupid, Mm -hmm. but I didn't
1: hate it. I didn't hate it. I think this episode doesn't make me fear for season seven. No.
0: No. I'm not
1: worried about season seven either.
0: And if this is like the low point of season seven, then season seven is gonna be fucking great.
1: Yeah, but i have a I have a feeling it's not the low point of season seven.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. So, you ready to get into this? Uh, yeah. This mm, what is it even Luna this? Luna
1: locusts.
0: Yeah. This odd. This this is our season seven opener. I guess is what I'm gonna say. We start our episode, and we're looking at the meeting place. The campfire is already lit, and Tucker is tending to it as Vange and Andy come walking down the walkway, and Vange says, man, what a downpour, because the rare phenomenon of rain has forsaken these children.
1: Yeah, just doesn't happen. Mm-mm, it's Except only happened. Except that one time. It happened
0: it once in Cutter's Treasure, and remember Tucker summoned the rain one time
1: with a flute? Yes. I do. Or a recorder, I should say. Like, Tucker has a flute. (laughs) But you think it would just rain all the time, and that would just be something you have to deal with. Because that is how it is.
0: Yeah, well, apparently this is the first time. So Andy looks around, and he complains that everything is soaking wet. And we see he's a bit taller, and Andy is a bit skinnier, and he kind of has a little bit of afro. Uh,
1: He's a bit skinnier. He's, uh... He's dressed in like a denim jacket. He's uh, his hair is a little bit more messy. I feel like he's trying to go for a cooler look this year. Mm -hmm. You know, like he drank that dark dragon potion, and now he's (laughs) like Andrew. Oh yeah, he is. He's evolved. He's Drew, baby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is my cousin Drew. (laughs) He only trips a little bit. Oh my god.
0: Vange, she kind of looks the same to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, she looks like she's eleven now instead of ten.
0: Yeah, she's maybe the braces slightly have come older. Off, you
1: know, uh, maybe a touch not taller. The
0: no, I, I don't know. She, I was a little like disappointed that she didn't like explode into like a you know a towering woman or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that was always something I like looked forward to: as a new season starting and being like, wow, they're all grown up.
0: Yeah, me too. We hear Quinn yelling, uh, "If anybody's there." And Vance smiles, saying, "Just follow the money footprints." And a slightly older Quinn walks down the pathway, saying, "Nice weather." Slightly if you're golfing, older. He's... Quinn looks like well, a that... grown ass man. Okay, that's what I said at the first, like when I first seen him, slightly older. But by the end, um, I was like, "Oh, he, he probably aged the most out of everybody."
1: Yeah, he's like, "Let's tell some fucking stories." <laughs>
0: He goes to take a seat on the couch but Tucker tells him that he shouldn't unless he wants to go for a swim and then calls him Flipper. Quinn puts his hand on the couch and squishes it saying, oh, right. And he walks away a little as Tucker tells him to try the ground because it's drier. So the three kids all sit down on the ground. And I didn't really mention Tucker because Tucker looks exactly the same. Yeah, he does. We cut over to Megan walking down the path and she's got a raincoat on. And she's like a little bit older too. Like Quinn and Andy are clearly the ones that Look a bit different this season.
1: I mean, she could look way older and I wouldn't really notice because I already know what she looks like as a grown woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, that's
1: true. there's not that surprise factor.
0: I know what you mean. She waves saying, hi guys, it's pretty icky out. And Vandr's all icky. And then Megan asks them why they're sitting on the ground. And Andy reaches back and he touches the couch saying, because the furniture's like, liquid.
1: Oh, That furniture would be so gross.
0: I know that's what happens. Be why would you put all kinds of concept? mushrooms
1: growing on it? Mm-hmm. And like, it's been maggots. a year now.
0: <laughs> Can like, why didn't they just put like some plastic over it?
1: The thing is a tiny ecosystem wrapped in polyester.
0: Ugh, it's so gross. Megan tells the gang that she still wouldn't sit there, and Vanja asks why, and Megan replies, "Duh, do you know how many things live in the ground? Worms, slugs, bugs. None of them are pretty." And Tucker looks around at the game saying, so, they won't hurt you. And Megan sighs and says, I wouldn't be too sure about that. And the kids look at her confused and she walks over and sets down a big red blanket over the throne and takes a seat. She's the only sensible one in this situation.
1: Well, she never wanted to sit on the ground or anything anyway. Oh she yeah, She wanted that's to sit true. in the backyard of her dad's house.
0: Mm-hmm, with marshmallows and fucking graham crackers and hot dogs and yeah. Then she says, my story's about that very... It's about what you can't see just under the ground. Who knows what you're stepping on? Who knows if the very next step you take is onto something that doesn't want to be stepped on. That has the power to step back on you. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call the story...
1: The Tale of the Lunar Locusts. That setup
0: is a big stretch. Agreed. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know. I could argue that it is the main point of the story, but also, like...
1: I mean, it's what the story revolves around, but yeah, it doesn't I don't know. It, it's not really the plot.
0: Nah, it's kind of teenage drama. <laughs> yes. Sweet, succulent teenage drama. <laughs> Our episode starts and we see a full moon. And then we cut, and now we're looking appropriate. at the grass of a football field, maybe? Or soccer? I didn't know at the time. Same thing, am I right? And it starts... <laughs> It starts to pulsate like there's something under it. And the camera pans further and we see two kids laying on a blanket looking up at the sky. And these are our main characters. It's Jake and Julie. And Julie's all, look! I feel the moon! And Jake ruins that moment saying not quite. Probably amore. I don't... Is that what he says? I know there's like that song when the moon hits the sky like a big old pizza pie. That's amore.
1: Is that what he meant? Okay.
0: I don't. I think... I think, I think that's what anybody means when they look at him full moon, so I don't know. Julie snaps back, whatever, it's still romantic. And she snuggles up closer to him and looks at his hand saying, look how your ring shines in the moonlight. And Jake lifts the ring up to the sky saying, cool, as we see it shine.
1: It's pretty shiny. It's also hideously ugly.
0: It's such an ugly ring, yes.
1: It is the gaudiest... <laughs> most disgusting looking thing you can slap on your finger
0: it's just like a chiseled up rock or something what the fuck is yeah, wrong with nobody you, jake? would want to wear that then julie's all did you know john gave liz his varsity ring yesterday and jake nods saying yeah i heard and julie's like seems like everybody's hooking up well almost everybody and then <laughs> And then we look up at the sky and like a super small flashing star flies across the screen and Jake gets excited saying, "Whoa, check it out." And they stand up and we see the star fly around a little more and it kind of looks like crap.
1: I mean, it looks like a firefly.
0: Yeah, it does. It's very small. He wouldn't have actually seen it, I don't
1: think. And for nope. him to
0: be like, "Holy fucking shit, what the hell is that? Like, get get out of here."
1: He was looking for literally any excuse. To not have to, like, engage in this romance sexual tension.
0: Okay, that makes a little more sense to me then. That's why he got excited at Firefly.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think it was even, like, intentional on his part. I think that's just who he is.
0: Uh, yeah, that would make sense.
1: He may be the dumbest, are you afraid of the dark character we've ever seen?
0: Um, spoilers this whole episode is just plagued by stupidity. Mm-hmm. These characters are really stupid, they're
1: fucking dumb, dangerously stupid.
0: <laughs> well, Jake asks if she saw it, and Julie tells him that it was probably a shooting star, and she suggests he makes a wish. Well Jake tells her that it wasn't a shooting star and he doesn't know what it is. so Julie says, Well, if it were a shooting star, you know what I'd wish for? And Jake looks down at her and says, 'm sorry, did you say something?" <laughs> He's such an ass. I love okay, it. that
1: has to be intentional. <laughs> I changed my mind.
0: <laughs> he does not he does not care about this girl.
1: No. And Julie At pushes all.
0: him away and yells, Forget it. And she walks away. And Jake grabs a blanket and follows her as we watch the ground underneath where they just were kinda like groan and gloop. I don't know what it does. Uh but you know what, Brandon, we got a couple of kids to meet. So you want to meet some characters? yeah okay we got two of them so far that's most of them it is thankfully there's a small cast of characters for this one so we laughed about this last week but the main character Jake is played by the not quite ice man Aaron Ashmore Aaron was actually already in this show before did you know that 13th floor yes you're right it was Billy from the tale of the 13th floor from back in season two I didn't really notice because I just don't notice those kind of things I mean, I thought this kid was Iceman. I mean, hello.
1: Yeah, he looks a bit like Iceman.
0: Odd. I don't know why, though. Aaron has been in a lot of other stuff, like Smallville, Lost Girl, Warehouse 13. He was in Designated Survivor, and something called Killjoys, and, he, and a lot more. He's been in a lot of stuff. I like him. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. Jake's gal pal, Julie, is played by Hamil Rustia, who's been in only a few other things. And one of them was Flash Forward in 1996. She was also in The New Ghost Rider Mysteries in 97. Five episodes of Goosebumps. This episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And one episode of something called Twice in a Lifetime.
1: Alright. Solid.
0: So that's it for now. Let's go back to the episode. We cut and now we're in the school cafeteria. And Jake is eating lunch with his friend. Who asks him what the problem is. And that Julie's great. And Jake says that he knows but... He thinks being exclusive is just so final. Second only to
1: death. That's not how it works at all.
0: No, it's not. We cut over to a different girl who's got some generic lime drink on her tray, and she looks at her food in disgust for a moment, and then she stops and she looks around the lunchroom, and I think she looks at Jake, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of, and she smiles. Back with Jake and the friend, whose name is Pete, apparently. Pete's telling him not to be a fool since no other girl wants anything to do with him, on account of he was born one minute before Iceman, am I right? (laughs) Of course, this new girl pops over to him saying, Hi, can I sit with you? And Peter looks at her saying, or at least not usually. And Jake looks at her asking, you want to sit here? And this girl, whose name is Ellen, says that she doesn't bite. So Jake tells her, yeah, sure, and she takes a seat. Jake extends his hand for a handshake, introducing himself as Jake. And Ellen does the same, saying that she just transferred in. So Pete pipes up, saying, Hi, Ellen, and is about to introduce himself, but Ellen ignores that shit, saying, I bet you play football. And Jake smiles, saying, Yeah, varsity quarterback. And Ellen smiles, saying, I knew it. Is there any chance of getting the varsity quarterback to show me around the new school? I mean, if you're available. And Jake's all, Me? Well, sure, I, and the camera whips over, and we see Julie, and she says, he's not available. And that is the first instance of Julie just being there.
1: Yeah, well, that we know of. I would not put it past (laughs) her at all to have always been there.
0: She reminds me of Mariah
1: from The Tale of the Dark Dragon. Very much. Very much. She is like the kind of character that would reveal themselves to be the killer halfway through the movie, and then the protagonist would, like, pull out their family photo album and, like, have a magnifying glass and realize she's in the background of every single one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Julie's crazy. She's, yeah, she's a bit,
0: uh, obsessive. Just a tiny bit. Ellen attempts to introduce herself, saying, Hi, I'm, but Julie interrupts, saying, Leaving? Great. Thanks for saving my seat. And Ellen gets up and stands next to Julie, saying, Sure, I sort of lost my appetite anyway. She turns to Jake saying, see you later, Jake, and Jake says bye and Julie scowls at her and she sits down next to Jake asking what rock she crawled out from under. Then she grabs Jake's face saying,
1: you're not making points here.
0: And we cut over to Ellen who grimaces at her food again and then she throws it in the trash. Okay, let's meet some more people here. Are you ready?
1: Yes, let's meet the one other person.
0: Well, actually there's two. First one is Sean Potter who returns for the third time playing Pete. Yeah, he was yeah, previous... he gets a good
1: uh, three-second screen time here.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know at the time. I mean, I went through IMDb, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is his main character right here. He's not. Yeah. This is it is his cool that scene.
1: it's returning cast members.
0: Yeah, he was Ben from Tale of the Door Unlocked, and he was the douche in Jake the Snake.
1: He's never really gotten to carry an episode
0: I'd say that him as Ben in Door Unlocked was probably the best of the
1: three, but... Oh, yeah, definitely a highlight.
0: But, yeah, he never got... He should have been able to be a main character, I think. Yeah. That's a shame. A shame, Sean Potter. Did you recognize who played Ellen at all?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I know who okay. she
0: Yeah, it's Tara Limpinski. Tara's been in a lot of other stuff, and um, and some of them she actually played herself, like in Family Guy and a latest, the latest iteration of Scooby-Doo, because she herself is a famous ice skater.
1: Yeah, ice skater slash actress.
0: Yeah. She's appeared on Whose Line Is It Anyway?, Celebrity Family Feud?, Hollywood Game Night?, Dancing with the Stars?, and so many other things. She's actually won multiple gold medals in ladies' singles ice skating, and retired in 2002. Her acting chops are a little questionable.
1: (laughs) She's not horrible. No. She's not not one of the worst we ever had, but uh, maybe stick to skating. No, she's not
0: Buzz. Yeah, she's just, uh, I don't know. She's a nice skater. She's not an actress. (laughs) At least at the time. Now she's everywhere. She's been a family guy, Okay. We switched scenes and now we're in biology class or something. There's some microscopes on some tables. It's very science This
1: whole episode's pretty science-y.
0: It is. And you know, I didn't mention it. I don't know if it happens yet or not, but it's got that, like, generic alien-y, like, you know, music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite, but it's not bad. We pan over and we see Jake and he's using a 90s computer, even though it is fucking 2000, Jake. What is wrong with you? I forgot to mention that we have just zoomed into the next millennia.
1: Wow. Everything's
0: changed. It's so chrome over here now. It's crazy.
1: And still, that goddamn Kate from Virtual Pets will be (laughs) like, Ooh, what is this? A computer? (sighs) She's the worst. He
0: taps some crap on it, and we see the screen says UFO sightings. Then all of a sudden, Ellen pops up out of nowhere saying, Hi! Just as the bell rings, and it gives Jake a mini heart attack, and he's all, you scared me, and Ellen apologizes and asks what he's doing, and he tells her that he's looking up UFOs since he saw that weird light in the sky the other night. Ellen then switches the subject because that shit is boring, and compliments his beautiful, gorgeous ring. Jake tells her thanks, and that he found the stone on the beach, and Ellen thinks that shit is just gorgeous, and asks if she could try it on, and Jake looks around the room saying, uh, sure... And he takes the ring off and Ellen is about to take it. When we hear Julie yell, Jake, and the camera whips over and we see Julie in the doorway to the classroom.
1: She was always there.
0: She's in every scene for like, for real. If you look close enough, she's there. Jake looks like he just got caught cheating and he's all like, Julie, hi. I was just, but Julie interrupts that shit saying we got Spanish and Jake's like Spanish, right? I'm coming. And Julie leaves the room, and Jake looks at Ellen, shaking his head, saying that he's got to go. And Ellen asks him to wait and asks if he could give her a computer lesson today after school, because she is so lost with all this stuff. And mm-hmm, Jake tells her, mm-hmm. sure, but uh, school closes after class. So so she persists, asking if he's got a computer at home. And Jake's all, like, at my house? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that encapsulates his entire character. <laughs> that's Do a, you that's have a, a really computer at your home? The uh, you mean like at my house? <laughs> yep, that's Jake. That is so, Jake, yes. What? Do you, I just, I don't understand what's in Jake's tiny little brain. He's excited at, that at these two girls moments. like him. Okay, so you think he knows, because it's impossible not to know, that Ellen is into him. Yes. Okay, and he knows... That he shouldn't go through with this because Julie is going to kill him in his sleep or something. Right, yeah, but, with a pillow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't understand this guy. He seems so completely clueless all the time.
0: Well, that, he kind of is, though. I mean, that's the point yeah. of the
1: story, I guess. But he, like, looked around the classroom when Ellen he knows it's wrong. was like, yeah exactly he was looking around because he knows julie's hiding in under someone's desk or something yeah but he's, he just still plays
0: along he wants it but he knows it's bad all right ellen shrugs and says let's do it there and jake agrees saying that that would be cool and he gets up repeating the plan saying after school today you and me and he nods his head and he walks backwards and he bumps into a model of some dna and he leaves the classroom waving and saying goodbye Now we cut, and we're outside, and someone is standing near a goalpost for soccer or something. I don't know. Sports are beyond my capacity. And we zip over, and we see Julie staring at this person from behind some bleachers. And she's looking around and getting all sleuthy, you know? She's getting down Mm -hmm. to the ground and stuff. And we see that it's fucking Ellen in this field, and she's got some alien-looking stick in her hands, and she's surveying the ground, I guess?
1: Yeah, she's got an alien metal detector.
0: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Julie doesn't like that shit so she runs away and she finds Jake and she's saying that she watched Ellen on the football field for over an hour and she was measuring and digging something and
1: it was weird
0: <laughs> Who? I thought that she had to go Spanish
1: <laughs> no and I thought I thought this was all happening after school
0: no when I, like not. when I
1: saw Ellen there I was like oh she's just you know doing some weirdo alien stuff after school but no this is just during school yeah for an hour her lunch hour julie skipped a skipped a class to just watch ellen in a football field and i'm glad i'm glad they mentioned how crazy that is
0: jake's all like you spied on her for an hour and she's weird and julie Mm kind of sighs and stops him, saying you and i need to talk what are you doing after school and jake shrugs saying nothing we can uh and he stops and he thinks and he says Oh, wait, I can't. I got way too much homework. And Julie laughs a little, asking, since when do you do homework? And the bell rings, and Jake runs away from that situation. And we stay for Julie for a second, and she groans. We cut, and now we're with Ellen, who's walking down the hall. And Julie sees that shit and gets pissed. So she follows her.
1: Yes, that is what she does. She does. She's a monster. That is what she is good at.
0: Back in the science room, Julie looks around for Ellen, and then she hears a noise from another room. So she walks over to investigate. And she walks down a little hallway and she opens up a closet that says flammable on it for some reason and out pops a model skeleton. And Julie screams at it. hmm Jump scare. A horrible stupid jump scare.
1: Part one.
0: <laughs> she kinda stares at it for a second and then walks over to a door and looks inside. And now we're in some sort of greenhouse area? There's a ton of plants everywhere and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't what know. This is. Did you see that there's like a snake in a in a
1: like a Some vat kind of, of weirdo water? grow operation.
0: I don't understand why this is in the school. Uh, I don't
1: get it. I mean, the the teacher would have to know this is here. Yeah,
0: but I don't get it. There's just plants everywhere and fucking snakes. There's in like jars face in there.
1: huggers. <laughs> yeah, and there's Ripley clones and everything. Mummies.
0: It's just. I don't know it just seemed really unlikely Julie slowly walks over to a closet door and she opens it up and screams because there's a model wolf inside of it stop
1: doing that Julie she's not being
0: very stealthy if she's just gonna scream at everything
1: what is she expecting to find in there does she think Ellen's hanging out in one of these cabinets (laughs) I think she is I mean she followed Ellen in there right After that shit, Julie
0: says out loud that she is so out of here, and she walks away, and the camera pans up, and we see Ellen
1: is sleeping on top of a terrarium or something? What? Yeah, you fool. She doesn't go in cabinets. She sleeps on top of terrariums. She got screamed
0: at twice, and she's she's just sleeping. (laughs) Julie just screamed right below her. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. That shit cuts, and we see Jake walking up to Ellen, who's sitting on the hood of a of a jeep, because apparently she's up and at him now. I don't know. We see this from Julie's point of view, which is kind of, like, far away, and we zip over to Julie, who's talking to another couple of students, saying that she checked Ellen's registration, and there's no record of any new transfers. She's not even a student here, and nameless kids react accordingly, which just means that they kind of look at each other.
1: Julie, high school private eye. <laughs> yeah, the kids are like, why is this girl talking to us? <laughs> She's crazy. She just sat down at a random table and was like, all right, here's the sitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> here's the sweet deeds. We cut and we're looking at a fish tank now, and we find out that this fish tank is in Jake's house, and Ellen and Jake are using his computer. Jake looks to be going in for a smooch, but Ellen just kind of awkwardly stares into his soul until Jake uncomfortably says, "Break time. I'm starving." Ellen concurs and Jake goes to get the
1: sandwiches that his dad made. Wasn't that nice of his dad? <laughs> it's nice of his dad, yeah. <laughs> Probably not how you woo a girl though. Not with dad.
0: Dad sandwiches. Be like,
1: "Hey, hey baby, my dad made me some sandwiches, <laughs> cut off the crusts and everything." <laughs> Cut them into smiley faces. (laughs) I got a snack pack and a Capri Sun, baby. One Capri Sun, two straws. (laughs) We stay with Ellen who stands up and walks over to the fish tank and gazes at the
0: fish. From behind her walks Jake with the sandwiches saying, incoming. And she smells the sandwich and looks really annoyed at it. And Jake asks, what's the matter? It's (laughs) PB&J. Ellen tells him that she's allergic and asks him to get rid of that shit and that his
1: dad's the worst cook on earth. (laughs) Well, it's okay. My grandpa made me some soup. Oh, fucking dad with the PB&J. He's like, you know what my
0: son needs after a hard day (laughs) of school? My, like, 17-year-old son. He needs himself a (laughs) PB&J. Jake takes that trash away as Ellen crouches down to look at the fish again, and Jake asks if she wants something else, and she says no to that, and then to something to drink.
1: I think she says no to that as well. She doesn't want anything.
0: She's not, even though she just said she's hungry,
1: she doesn't want a single thing. Yeah, maybe she thought he was going to bring some squid or something
0: while they're talking we hear a little splish splash like someone's getting up in that fish tank but jake doesn't notice so he walks in and asks if she's all right and ellen says she's fine but it's getting late and asks if he can take her home he agrees saying that he's just gotta get his keys and ellen looks down and around for a second and finds a newspaper um that quickly says something about some flesh eating something or another and she snatches that shit up And she walks away, and the camera pans down to see that all the fish are gone. So she's a chameleon. Yeah, this is some Tia and Tamara Maori bullshit. How many times can characters in Are You Afraid of
1: the Dark eat fish? (laughs) I don't know. That's Are You Afraid of the Dark speak for this character's out there. Yeah. They They eat fish. Who would eat fish? Come on. Well, it's
0: goldfish, though. Those things are gross. there everybody Cortland here your good buddy and your high school sweetie thank you so much for taking a listen to our show whether this is your first episode or you've binged them all we appreciate you spending some time with us are you looking for more laughs we create a ton of content for our Twitter and Instagram so give us a follow on Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents and enjoy our gifts memes videos and so much more We watch full-length episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark live on Instagram every week, so check our stories for times. On top of that, we've been abridging and condensing entire episodes of the show down into one hilarious minute, and they're a lot of fun. I've just sent out our Patreon-exclusive holiday cards. If you're looking to put a little more cheer in this abysmal year, become a patron for as little as $1 a month and get instant access to tons of bonus content, including ad-free early release episodes up to two weeks before they come out, I upload them the moment I'm finished editing. Higher tiers get more rewards, including our Quick Fright horror movie reviews, an exclusive improv episode, our bloopers, and more. So check it out and become a patron today. All donations go straight back into the show to help us fund giveaways, upgrade our equipment, and help us make the best podcast that we can. I'd like to thank all of our current patrons, the Bronze, Beth, Eddie, Mia, and Tristan, the Silver Goths, Shane, Steven, Matt, and Kaylee, the Golden Day Days, Bryce, Faith, Angela, and Sarah, and the Platinum Boss Sticks, Kathy, Carly, and Evelyn. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We greatly appreciate it. Have you missed any of our abridged episodes from Season 6? I'll be uploading a supercut of them on YouTube very soon. So give us a follow on YouTube, that's Private Island Presents. For a quick link to our Patreon, the socials, and YouTube, check out the episode description. Looking to support our show in another way? Give us a shout-out on social media and recommend us to your buddies. Word of mouth is easily the best way for a podcast to get some traction, and we would love to become more popular. Don't worry, we're still planning on continuing the show well after we're done with Are You Afraid of the Dark. You can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this themed dating star from Undertale composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. It's Season 7, so you know we've got all new artwork and it looks fantastic. Thank you again for listening. I am super excited to get into Season 7 and I can't wait to see what episodes we're in store for. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. We switch scenes, and we see a white Jeep driving in the forest, and we cut inside, and Jake asks Ellen if she lives in the woods. My <sighs> God, Jake, you're a fucking idiot.
1: He's so stupid.
0: Ellen ignores that crap, saying, Jake... I know you have a steady girlfriend and everything. And Jake interrupts saying, well, she's not exactly steady. And Ellen says that she doesn't want him to do anything he doesn't want to. To which Jake gives this sly, like, devilish half-smile. And he says, like, what? You know, because he's getting sex.
1: (laughs) This is kind of the horniest Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah,
0: it's because of fucking... Ashmore, What's his first name? Aaron? I don't remember. The lesser Ashmore. Yeah. It's because of this not Iceman. And Ellen's all, well, it's just that you're so cute. I could eat you up. And Jake's all, yeah? I mean, I think you're pretty cute and all too, but... And Ellen yells, Jake, I'd really love to be your girlfriend and wear your ring. Because <laughs> that's something you just say. Jake looks out the windshield saying to himself, will life always be this cool?
1: <laughs> I can't believe he said that out loud. <laughs> I Ellen is right there. Oh, my God. Ellen
0: asks to try his ring on, and Jake's all, wait. I think you're great, but I have a girlfriend, and I like you, but I couldn't do that to Julie. Ellen kind of seductively says, I can't change your mind. And Jake shrugs, saying sorry. Look, baby,
1: and it, there's only one girl I'll share my dad's PB&Js with.
0: He's got to find himself a girl that is going to actually like the dad's pb and J. Exactly. Ellen gets pissed saying, okay then, here we go. And the doors to the jeep lock, and Jake's all, hey, the car door just locked. And Ellen whips her head over saying, I know. And Jake's all, but neither of us. And then he sees some vines moving in his car, and we look over at Ellen, and she turns her head, and her eyes are green and cat-like. And she says, now give me that ring. And the show cuts to a commercial here, which is just really horribly placed, Mm -hmm. but...
1: Anytime you cut to a commercial and then come back and have like the same footage play. Yeah. It's awkward. Especially yeah, if you're I, watching it without commercials.
0: Yeah I agree. But like cutting in the middle of a scream that's that's pretty perfect but cutting it and she turns her head and says no I'm going to fucking kill you and then it cuts to a commercial and then we come back and he screams. It's kind of stupid. Back of a commercial Jake screams and he opens up the door even though it was just locked. <laughs> he just opens it up. He runs, like, she used her magical powers and locked those doors, and he's just like, nope.
1: She's not that magical, as it turns out.
0: He runs out into the woods, and we get this sped-up first-person shot of the camera tackling him to the ground. And Alan gets on top of him and covers his mouth, saying, shh, saying, it's okay, I'm not gonna hurt you. Just promise not to scream, and I'll move my hand, okay? And Jake nods, and she moves her hand, and she says, I'm sorry I scared you, but you left me no choice. And this is the point where Ellen's acting. Tara Lipinski, your acting ain't great. There's a lot of close-up shots of her face and, and, and Jake's face. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Jake asks, who are you? What are you? And Ellen asks him, you remember that light you saw in the sky? And Jake's like, yeah, I was, that was you? And Ellen's all, I'm not from here, Jake. I really don't look like this. I'm much prettier in my regular form. Jake tells her, oh yeah, bug eyes and six foot arms. That is not regular. And Ellen tells him, for her it is. Which is weird. So is she verifying that what she looks like in her normal form is what Jake just said?
1: Like, did he just yeah. guess correctly? Yeah. Turns out Jake's a genius. Ah, uh, okay, sure. This whole incredibly idiotic moron thing is just an act.
0: He's fucking stupid. Jake asks if he can get up, and Ellen makes him promise not to try to get away. So she gets up, and he stands up, and he kind of smiles at her for a second, and then runs away, and it's probably the best part of this episode.
1: I thought it was funny. It was great.
0: I love that whole, like, ah. (laughs) And then he just books it away, and it's
1: great. They waited just long enough before he ran away.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. A vine trips him, and Ellen jumps back on him, saying, please don't try that again. And Jake asks what she wants with him, and she says that she needs his help. And she pulls out that newspaper from the last scene, and it says, Flesh-eating bacteria strikes again. And Jake reads that with a shrug like it's no fucking big deal.
1: I mean, flesh-eating bacteria is still a big deal.
0: You know, flesh-eating bacteria actually, like, it's it still exists. I mean, it's not something that is
1: made up. Yeah, I don't want any of that.
0: No, I heard this when I was in microbiology. I heard a story about somebody that got the flesh-eating bacteria because they accidentally punctured themselves on a staple, of all things, and the fucking bacteria was just chilling on that staple. It's like a ticking time staple. (laughs) It was waiting for the perfect opportunity for somebody to get punctured on it, and it took it, and it ate flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's almost as scary as that brain-eating amoeba.
1: Think about all the staples covered in flesh-eating bacteria that are just chilling in papers right now that missed their chance to puncture I like somebody. to think
0: that there's not that many.
1: <laughs> I think it's most of them. It's it could be. most staples don't get stabbed into people.
0: Yeah. Ellen tells them that it's not a bacteria, but that it's a parasite that travels from planet to planet eating everything in its path, like locusts. And she says her and her partner are the only survivors from her planet. And those parasites ate everything and everyone, and it was horrible. And Jake asks why she followed them. And Ellen says that she wanted to try and stop them before they destroy Earth, like they destroyed her home. And she also wanted to find a new home. And Jake just kind of stares at her. And I was wondering, isn't that the story of Silver Surfer? Um,
1: that sounds right.
0: Yeah, it's like she's trying to stop Galactus from eating everything or whatever. Yeah, wait, sure. Doesn't Silver Surfer, like... Make Galactus go to planets to eat them? Isn't he a bad guy? I don't know. I thought of Silver Surfer, cause you know I was in the realm of superheroes, seeing the Ashmore, seeing it yeah. in Ice Man. You know, I tried.
1: My first reaction was that it was like the flood from Halo.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, just mindless devouring fucking flood.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We cut over to Julie, who's fucking sneaking around in bushes now, and she got a pair of binoculars, and see, okay. she okay. When you got
1: binoculars, you've crossed a line. She went out and purchased binoculars. <laughs> oh, she had those. <sighs> this ain't her she's... first rodeo, Cortland. I know. She's crazy. If she weren't so crazy... Like, I knew, I know this wouldn't get through to her because she's insane, but... Just break up with this guy. She doesn't want to. It's, he's yeah, such a it's catch. It's clearly not working out. He's not into you as much as you're into him, because that's impossible. But yeah. he's like pretty much cheating on you here so just let it go i agree but she doesn't do that she's got
0: this pair of binoculars and she sees jake's jeep and then whips over and sees Ellen helping jake up from the ground and she gets a closer look with the binocs and we cut back over to jake who says so you're telling me you're a lizard girl from outer space on a mission to destroy a band of intergalactic flesh-eating parasites that want to eat earth and then make this your home and Ellen nods saying that's about it and jake shakes his head saying cool no, Jake, that's not cool, even a little bit. No, God, he's such an idiot. Jake then says, "So why'd you pick me? Because I'm like a trained athlete." And Ellen's all, "Well, no." <laughs> she pulls out a necklace that she's wearing, and it's got some. It's got the same stone that is in Jake's ring, and she brings Jake's ring closer to it, and it and it makes the stones glow. And Ellen explains that the stone in his ring was her partners and they need them both to destroy the locusts so jake asks what happened to her partner and ellen says you found that on the beach and he nods and she says he must have crashed in the ocean and jake apologizes for that unknown monster's death and says so the only reason you wanted to go out with me was for my ring not because you think i'm cute and ellen tells him sorry you're not really my type you're way too human and jake thinks that shit is too bad and then he looks up and sees fucking
1: julie Just give her the ring. I don't know why he doesn't. I don't know. It's not like it's his great-grandmother's ring, you know, that he's been holding on to. It has literally no sentimental value. All these years. No, nothing at all. It's just some shit ring he found on the beach. It's not worth (laughs) any money. No. It looks terrible. Just say, here, you like it? There you go. There you go. You know, if you're trying to bang this chick, that might win you some points anyway. Like, (laughs) he's got nothing to lose. No, nothing at all.
0: Julie taps Ellen on the shoulder saying, Hey, and Ellen whips around with those green eyes, which freaks Julie out and and Jake's all, It's okay, I can explain. But Julie backs up saying that she she's a monster and Jake yells, No. Well, yeah, sorta. But she needs my help. Everything is cool, trust me. And Julie runs away to get the police, and Ellen grabs Jake saying, Come on, we gotta move fast. And they run over to Jake's Jeep and the scene fades. We cut and it's nighttime, so apparently they didn't really need to move that fast. <laughs> Jake rolls up to the school in his jeep and he stops, double parking by the way, and Ellen hops out of the jeep and points to the football field saying that the parasites are over there. Jake says that he doesn't see anything and she informs him that it's because they're underground. Jake's all, near the football field? And Ellen says, yup, that's where the mother lair is. Turns out the eggs are going to hatch tonight unless these guys can stop it. Jake asks how to stop them and Ellen says, with the stones. As soon as the full moon rises over the school... But she's interrupted by fucking Julie. She's got two police oh officers God. with her now. Hopefully, they're there to arrest Julie. The police yell at them to stop right there. So Jake and Ellen start running away, and Julie and the officers chase after them. How did they know? How did Julie know that they
1: were going to be at the school? I don't know. Are they there to arrest trespassers? I guess, but Julie's like led them to them, and I just don't. Because you can't go to the police and be like, "Hey, this chick's an alien." Let's go arrest her.
0: <laughs> yes, but how would she even know that they were going to be back at the school?
1: You know, um, I mean? because she followed them. I guess I don't know.
0: It's whatever. I like how this episode made a conscious like it vocalized that they can't come back to the school at night because it's locked down or whatever, and then they come back to the school at night anyway. <laughs> yeah, they just do. <sighs> The two come up to a locked door and Ellen lifts a long dagger fingernail saying, it's not locked for long. And Jake gives that claw dagger a kind of sexy, hey, for some reason. (laughs) And then she uses it to cut a perfect circle in the glass. And she pushes the circle out and opens up the door and the two kids run inside. But it was just really weird to me that Jake was like, oh, yeah,
1: like what? Just think about it. Razor fingers, eh? (laughs) The possibilities are limited. All the places that finger can go.
0: (laughs) They run down a hallway with one of those police officers right behind them, and they duck into the science room, and Jake tells her that it's a dead end, but she tells him just to come on, and they head into that weird plant room, and the officer busts in, and he looks around for a second before heading into the plant room, too, and he quickly walks around the room and then walks right back out. (laughs) He does the quickest sweep of that room imaginable and the camera pans over and Jake and Ellen jump down from the ceiling and Jake asks how they stayed up there and Ellen tells him suction and Jake can't believe that shit saying sorry that he's sorry that he even asked and Ellen picks up some crap on the ground saying that she hid her equipment here since she figured if anyone found it they'd think it was part of a science experiment and she hands Jake a pair of sunglasses and tells him to put them on when she tells him to. Jake asks why but Ellen rushes out of the room saying that she'll explain later. And they run out of the room and we cut. Now we're back outside, and the two officers are looking around. And from behind a bleacher comes Ellen and Jake, and each one are holding onto a piece of equipment from Ellen. And it looks like a tripod, maybe? Mm hmm. Telescope kind of looking thing. Ellen says that they're running out of time and then spits out some buzzwords saying that The
1: lunar light will be at its
0: strongest the moment the moon gets fully over the school. And if we're not set up by then, it's going to be too late. We look at the police officers and they're not calling for backup or anything. And they're just kind of checking shit out. And Ellen complains that the officers are going to stop them. And Jake smiles saying, not if we get a little diversion. And he hands Ellen the, the other piece of equipment and he runs away. We see Jake run up to the jeep and slowly open it up, and he hops inside, and of course, Julie is in the back
1: seat. This bitch is crazy. She's everywhere. Like, she's going to murder this guy for real. Oh my god, she is like, uh,
0: I don't know. She was just with the officer. I don't get it. It doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: She's ten steps ahead of everyone. She knows exactly where he's going to be. (laughs) She's like like a time traveler. He's going to need to set up a diversion. (laughs) I'll hide in his truck. (laughs) He'll be there. Jake sighs and she asks what's
0: going on. And Jake tells her that he doesn't have time to explain it. And it's really important to help out. And Julie shakes her head and Jake says, but there's something you got to know. You and me are the best. I mean, (laughs) together. I really see that now. I don't want to lose you. Julie's all, you mean that? And Jake nods his head and then goes in and smooches her on the lips.
1: Yes, baby. Julie sighs.
0: My life is awesome. <laughs> Julie sighs and we look up at the full moon. What a touching moment where he's like, I finally realize I can't get away from you.
1: Yeah. Give in.
0: Back with the officers. There's three of them now and we're looking around the football field and they hear some strange wub wub noises and one of the officers looks down at the ground and wonders aloud what that is and he thinks he felt something move. Then loud sweet music plays from the jeep. And the officers run over to investigate. Ellen takes that opportunity to run to the field. This fucking rad music is still being played from the jeep and the officers walk off. And Julie pops up saying, is the music too loud? Sorry. And if I were those
1: officers, I'd be like, what the fuck? You were on our side. (laughs) What is going on? You brought us here on this stupid ass chase. (sighs) Now she's helping the
0: fucking enemy. Over on the field, Ellen has set up those two tripod, like, ray gun-looking things. And she runs over to the middle as Jake runs up saying that they won't be gone for long. And Ellen tells him that once she gives him the signal, he needs to put his glasses on and toss the stone in the circle. And she'll do the same. It's a really stupid plan. Why do they gotta toss the circles? I don't get it. I don't know. Jake asks what it'll do, and Ellen just tells him that he'll see. So, Jake tosses his stone through the air... And it lands on the tripod, which glows green. And when it flies through the air, I don't think it looks
1: like terrible, but it's just really weird. Well, they couldn't strap a GoPro to this rock and throw it. They did their best.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it doesn't look like shit, but it's just weird. He's all, yes!
0: And we look over and Ellen's been captured by the cops somehow. Did I miss a scene? Like, did my Um, episode have, like, a scene missing? No.
1: They just grab her. Why? And even though she can run as fast as a cheetah.
0: Yeah, she could summon vines. Um, uh, she could stab him with her feet. She has nothing to lose. No, I don't understand. Come on, Tara Lipinski,
1: skate your way out of this one.
0: <laughs> she yells for him to go get the other one, and then starts, and then Jake starts running down the field, and he's fucking tackling all of
1: these officers like left and right. Yeah, he's clotheslining. <laughs> These old men. He's just like... Which I'm I'm sure is against some kind of law.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. He's like assaulting these officers. (laughs) He gets tackled to the ground, but he throws the other stone, which flies through the air and lands just shy of the machine. And Ellen screams, no. But they look up and Julie walks over and she picks up the ring. And Jake yells, Julie, throw it in the hoop. And Ellen screams for Jake to put his glasses on. So he does. Julie Julie chucks that ring into the hoop, I guess, and covers her eyes as a laser beam shoots out of each of the tripods. They hit, and this green dome flashes across the football field. And all the police officers are just instantly incapacitated. And (laughs) Ellen just, like, soaks that shit up. She's just, like,
1: loving it. So the sunglasses, which she stressed the importance of a few times... Or just mm-hmm. so you don't look at this laser that shoots out of this equipment. Yes. But Julie just closes her eyes. Yeah. Which seems <laughs> she, like She
0: covers her face with like her elbow, like her arm yeah, and elbow. If,
1: if just closing your eyes is an option, then do that. Agreed.
0: I don't this whole thing just seems stupid to me, but I think it was just a excuse to like get the officers out of here for a reason, for no reason. I don't I don't know. I don't really get it. to incapacitate some offices jake yells that we did it we did it and julie runs runs across the field to him and they hug and jake's telling her that she's incredible she's all thanks but what did we do and jake tells her that she's a dumbass i'm sorry (laughs) jake tells her like she's a dumbass that they killed the flesh-eating locusts here read this and he pulls out the newspaper that Ellen gave him and hands it to her and she reads it and giggles saying, you're kidding, right? And he's like, no, read it. And she says that she did. And it's about some bacteria in Brazil that they stopped with antibiotics. Jake says, no, uh, it's the mother alien laying her eggs in the field. We zapped them and stopped them. And Julie looks at him and says, mother alien. What mother alien? And the two look over at Ellen, who is loving the fuck out of this shit. She's just like, she's got her hands out. And she's like, yeah, she's soaking up the sunshine, even though it's dark. And Jake's all, Ellen? We zapped him, right? And she takes off her sunglasses, and she's got her green eyes, and she smiles and laughs. And the locusts start breaking out from underground, and they're wiggling around a whole bunch, and they're all over the football field. And that's just the end of the episode.
1: She's so lucky she found the stupidest guy in the whole
0: world. She is. Because she... Did you at any point think that Ellen was going to be a good girl?
1: Yeah. Did you? Yes. Gotcha. The episode fooled me. Because (laughs) I assumed she was bad because of course she is well she made like three Uh, and
0: sayings of i'm gonna eat you so
1: and and then it was like yeah but I, i just thought that was like a setup like oh man she's bad but then the twist turned out to be like oh she's good like that's uh interesting but then it was a double twist because no she's just actually bad yeah so you know it was effective for me
0: i guess like i i don't know I I like the bad endings. I mean, I think they're fun. It's nice to sprinkle them in every mm-hmm. once in a while. But I think it would have been more interesting if she was a good person and she just kind of had to, like, acclimate into
1: an alien world for her, you know? Sure. So, the ending of this episode, if she was actually telling the truth about these parasites that devour everything and then, you know, move on to the next planet, the entire planet is doomed at this point. Yeah, yep. Like they've brought about the end of planet Earth humanity. and all seven billion people on it. Yes, this is the darkest ending uh, in this show by far. It's the darkest ending possible.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is. I wish it had a little bit more of an impact because this is just like a, a football field of of bugs, and they're it's not like a lot of them. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I it's, don't know. Uh... They're
1: hungry, hungry little bugs. Yeah. It's a pretty dark she You should have thing. turned to the camera and been like, oops. I appreciate that it's just kind of like, Ellen?
0: Like, what's going on? And she doesn't answer anything and the bugs start spawning and then it's just the end. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't even need to, like, you know, yeah, have Ellen laugh in your face on.
1: and explain anything. Exactly. This episode did a lot of explaining. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the explanations that I liked, but I like that someone... Put thought into what was going on. Like a lot yeah. of episodes, don't really have kind of the lore that this mm. one did. Yeah, like that's why I liked Bigfoot Ridge as well. Is no, I hear you. The Umbra, like they had, they had history for it. Yeah, and this with the the parasites and the the two people crash landing on Earth, which may or may not be true. I don't know. Right, can't trust anything she says, but. You need to set up these little these this equipment, and it's got to be the full moon, and you got to throw these rings in it, and then <laughs> it activates these eggs or whatever. Like that's that's a lot. It's a lot of detail. It is.
0: It doesn't all make sense. Like when we got Lunar Locust, I didn't expect like Alien Girl to you know set up tripods no. and green no, domes of course no. and. But yeah, like I said, I don't I don't hate this episode. I don't think it's great, but that's okay. I mean, we've had a lot of not that's great episodes.
1: I was entertained.
0: I was entertained too. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's definitely not misfortune cookie, which is no. all I'm happy about. So back at the campfire, all the kids think that that story was dope as hell. And Tucker says, great story. Now I know why you didn't want us sitting on the ground. And Megan stands up saying, well, yeah. And I also don't like getting my bottom wet. Bye. And she packs up her shit, and she is out of there. And the other kids stand up saying, aw, man, and their asses are soaking wet. So they shrug, and they turn around, and they start warming their wet, soggy asses on the fire. And Quinn hopes no one else can see this. And Tucker's all, this is definitely the end. And it is the end.
1: That should have been the end of the series.
0: <laughs> Maybe it
1: was. I
0: don't know. We're doing this out of order for sure. So We'll never know. Whatever. That's the end of the episode though, Brandon. The end of our season seven opener. Whew.
1: It's a decent episode. It's definitely not the worst thing that we've ever seen. I'd give it a solid seven.
0: I'd, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably give it a six point five. Okay. Well you're dead to me. Well, what do you think the moral of the story is for this episode?
1: Uh man, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. Mm hmm. Uh
0: I think one of the clear ones, I mean, maybe it's not so clear, is just not to trust strangers.
1: Yeah, strangers are the worst. Strange also, danger. the people you love most are the worst. Everybody's the worst. They're, They're either trust going to cheat on you or stalk you. <laughs>
0: There's no other way, yeah.
1: So, don't love people. Don't love strangers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe you love yourself. Sometimes yourself kind of destroys the world, so... And, like... Thank your dad if he's making you sandwiches. That's nice. That's the real moral of the story. If your dad makes you a PB&J,
0: you thank him. And that's it. The Tale of the Lunar Locusts. I think we could probably give this a better name. All right. I do appreciate, though. I think you said this in the season wrap-up. Uh, the, like, alliteration, Lunar mm-hmm. Locusts. It sounds pleasant. So good. The Tale of Space Bugs.
1: The Tale of Julie. Private Eye.
0: <laughs> the Mystery Files of <laughs> Julie.
1: <laughs> I'd watch that Yeah the
0: tale of not so Iceman
1: The tale of I was gonna try to think of something Involving Iceman and the ice skater Oh shit there you go It's like Beauty and the Beast Yeah
0: the tale of uh, Tara Lipinski in the house y'all Woo-woo. What kind of athletes Do you think we're gonna get as actors Later in the season
1: Whew. I, hope we... I can't
0: wait for the Shaquille O'Neal episode
1: Um who who were like the breakout stars of the two thousand Olympics?
0: Uh was Sean White that early, or was he later? I think
1: he was a little later. He could still come on. Are you afraid that arc, though? <laughs> Michael <laughs> sure. Phelps—that's where he started his career. The sports thing was just a little little hobby on the side.
0: <laughs> we're gonna get the Michael Phelps pool episode. <laughs> I don't know any other athletes. <laughs> The tale of Jake the Snake.
1: He is a bit of a snake, isn't he?
0: Yes, he is. Alright, are you ready to find out what's next? Yes. Alright. Yes. Our Season 7, Episode 2, is going to be the tale of the Stone
1: Maiden. Stone Maiden.
0: Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to tell this one?
1: Uh, this sounds like a Vange. I was thinking it was going to be a Quinn. I don't know why, though. I don't know why, either. Hmm. It's clearly a Vange. <laughs>
0: What do you think the tale of the stone maiden's going to be about?
1: Uh, I mean, kind of just sounds like the the guardian's curse again. Hmm. Yeah, but right. It's a statue. Yeah, that they dig up, and it's just st- some stone chick, some Viking statue, and then she like comes alive, and then yeah, the dad she... tries to date her. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: So when I think of Stone Maiden, there was this episode of a show. I don't know if you've ever seen it called Tales from the Dark Side. I've seen it with you. What episode did we watch?
1: I couldn't tell you. Hmm.
0: There was this episode of Tales from the Dark Side where a mannequin like looks. Somebody looks in the eyes of a mannequin and then they switch places. And then the dude's the mannequin and the mannequin turns into a woman. And that's fun. I get that kind of. I think that's. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like it might be something similar to that. Kind of like Medusa, but like, you know, they switch places and whoever looked at the Stone Maiden is now a Stone Maiden and the Stone Maiden gets to live life and just have a good time.
1: Well, I am a sucker for any time someone switches bodies <laughs> or personalities with someone else.
0: That's why we watched Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan so many times.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons. <laughs>
0: I, like I said, I don't know if that's what it's going to be. For some reason, that's just the vibe I get out of the name. So if it is,
1: like. Well, I hope you're right. Fucking
0: hooped that one. But I've never seen Stone Maiden. So I've never seen any of these episodes aside from Silver Sight one time. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I cannot wait. Just got to get through a fucking week of this. this. Life without Stone Maidens. Oh, man, Brandon. Well, I'm, I've been up all night. I'm ready for bed. We're done here. Alright. done, done, done. Another episode down. I will dun, talk to dun, you next dun. week.
1: I will be for here. For the Tale of the
0: Stone Maiden. Alright. Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: I'm sorry, did you say something?